When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is Ahsoka setting up an Empire Strikes Back moment? Welcome back to Nerdist News! I'm Kyle Anderson, and today we're breaking down the latest episode of Ahsoka. The penultimate episode of Season 1, titled Part 7, Dreams and Madness, was full of chase sequences, some unexpected arrivals, and some very expected arrivals. It's a space whale of a space tale, and with just one episode to go, we can't help but wonder if Ahsoka is teeing up an Empire Strikes Back moment for its finale next week. Or to put it in more Star Wars-y terms. I have a bad feeling about this. However, to talk about it in detail, we will need to spoil what happens. So if you haven't seen the latest episode of Ahsoka yet, leave now before it's too late. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Episode 7's title, Dreams and Madness, harkens back to Balin Skull's remark in the previous episode. Dreams and Madness. Peridia is a land suffused by dark powers. It was once home to a kingdom of the Night Sisters of Dathomir, it's surrounded by a whalefant graveyard full of purgle bones, and it's home to some ancient power calling out to Balin's skull through the Force. Morgan Elsbeth's dreams are what led her here to seek out Grand Admiral Thrawn, but only madness lies ahead. Unfortunately for our heroes, Thrawn is about as sane as they come. The heir to the Empire is cold, calculating, and patient. It's a far cry from Vader's choke-first, ask-questions-later policy, or Moff Gideon's repeated attempts to harvest Grogu's Grogu to make mustachioed meat marionettes of himself. At first glance, the episode feels a bit underwhelming compared to the ethereal thrill of Ahsoka's trip down memory lane in Episode 5, or the otherworldly horror of Peridia in Episode 6. There are multiple chase sequences and pitched battles that constantly find our heroes on the back foot, both in the galaxy far, far away and the galaxy much further, further away. In both cases, they're saved by Droidus Ex Machina. C-3PO swooping in to save Harris Bacon on Senator Leia's behalf, and Hu Yang literally swooping in to save Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine on the audience's behalf. I'd love us to not show the following clip, but we're legally obligated. Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme. Speaking of poetry, rhyming, and overused bits, there are plenty of callbacks for diehard Star Wars fans this episode. They range from a hologram Anakin name-checking Count Dooku, Asajj Ventress, and General Grievous to a guest appearance by C-3PO. I object. And that's to say nothing of subtler nods like Ahsoka not wanting Hu Yang to tell her the odds. I think the odds are pretty good. No. No, in fact, they're terrible. Astronomically terrible. Never tell me the odds. We half expected Senator Ziono, who may as well be Thrawn's best friend, to object to C-3PO by saying, I am the Senate. But instead, we got a winking acknowledgement that the Emperor died. The Emperor died. That's what people say. Good thing he'll never, ever return, right, guys? Somehow Palpatine. I said, right, guys? That's what people say. But there is something chilling about the contrast this episode presents us with. Despite Ahsoka's instincts being right on the money, whale-wise, she has fallen into Grand Admiral Thrawn's carefully laid trap. It turns out that this 3D Chiss is playing 4D chess, and it doesn't become apparent until the final moments of the episode. It creates an unsettling feeling when contrasted with the otherwise joyous final image. Ahsoka reunited with Ezra and Sabine, smiling after winning a battle against Shin Hadi, bandits, and night troopers. Perhaps the most damning evidence in favor of Dave Filoni setting us up for another unhappy landing is Ezra's line. As if tempting fate itself, he says, 
think I might be going home after all. You had to say something. Dude, don't say stuff like that. It's just, it's not gonna go good. And we know that Peridia is like the last place in the universe you wanna tempt fate. This is an awfully bold assumption, but remember that he knows nothing of the Eye of Scion, Sabine leading their enemies right to Thrawn, or that all of the space whales made like Balin's skull and dipped. I mean, poor guy had to have everything since the end of Star Wars Rebels explained to him. I missed everything. With the knowledge that Dave Filoni has a movie in the works to tie up his various storylines, and the fact that we literally just got Ezra back one episode ago, we're pretty sure he's not going anywhere anytime soon. You had to say something. However, the bleakest interpretation would be that Ezra will wind up like his master Kanan Jarrus, sacrificing himself to buy his friends the time they need to escape this nightmare planet. Like I said, bleak. But what if the real sacrifice play that Ezra makes is throwing away his chance at going home again to stop Thrawn's plans from succeeding? Again, it's like poetry, so if they rhyme. Please, please stop, stop. Buckets. Dude, what? Fermenting. Okay, that doesn't even apply to this situation. So. Anyway, it's a foregone conclusion that Thrawn is going to make it back to the galaxy far, far away at this point. I mean, otherwise, what the hell are you gonna talk about in Mandalorian season four? Or Dave Filoni's Mandoverse movie? Think fairy. But Thrawn's plans could still potentially be foiled. You know that weird loading screen where we got to see in real time how many spooky sarcophagi were being loaded onto the Chimera? Well, there's a good chance that Ahsoka episode eight will air on Corncob TV because we could be in for some coffin flops. I didn't do I didn't ring The great mothers have made it pretty clear that despite being named after the fates of Greek myth, their dark magic letting them interpret the threads of fate doesn't always account for rogue force users like Ahsoka, Sabine, and Balin Skull. A showdown is definitely in the cards for next week's episode. How closely it plays out like the events of Luke versus Vader on Cloud City though, remains to be seen. With Sabine's steadfast refusal to tell Ezra the truth of how she found him, Ezra's gormless confidence about the situation, and Ahsoka's unpredictability, they could prove a thorn in Thrawn's side, but they might get pricked themselves. But even if Thrawn leaves them in the dust, Dave Filoni wouldn't leave three of his most beloved creations abandoned forever in the Night Sisters' scare B&B. So how could they make it home? Well, they will either do so as prisoners aboard the Chimera, have to wait for the next pot of migrating star whales, or utilize whatever mysterious power Balin's skull is drawn to. And what could that great power be? Great question, Derek, assuming you're all named Derek. Well, there are a number of theories out there. We recently speculated that he could be falling under the siren song of Abeloth, the dark side force entity from Star Wars Legends lore. Or, according to Nerdist resident Beskar foil hat theorist Michael Walsh, Balin's skull could be drawn towards an access point for the world between worlds. That metaphysical realm that serves as the nexus for space and time in the Star Wars universe played a major role in our heroes' lives. On Star Wars Rebels, Ezra accessed it through an ancient Jedi temple on Lothal and managed to save Ahsoka's life some two years after he last saw her. He did so by pulling her through a portal just as her duel with Darth Vader on Malachor was about to go sideways. Remember Balin's cryptic proclamation from episode six? What I seek is the beginning, so I may finally bring this cycle to an end. Much like how Emperor Palpatine wanted to access the world between worlds for his own sinister purposes, perhaps Balin is trying to go back to the beginning of the Force, a time before Jedi and Sith, to learn how to end this endless war once and for all. And while the world between worlds doesn't facilitate time travel in the traditional sense, it clearly allows for some space-time shenanigans that could ultimately give our heroes the tools they need to make it back where they belong. What they find when they get there may be another story. You know, like that time Lando went out for space pizza. Everything you've heard about me is true. Anyway, folks, there you have it. 
That's everything you need to know about Ahsoka Episode 7 and what it might portend for the finale. You missed everything. It's been a while. With just one episode of Ahsoka left to go, we have plenty of questions and we'll have even more deep dives on Nerdist in the days ahead. For now though, tell us, what do you think? What are your feelings about this episode? Did you spot anything we missed? Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, stay tuned to Nerdist.com.